You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business on PetLifeRadio.com. I'm your host, Ty of TyTheDogGuy.com, and this is a show where we help you start or grow your pet-related business to a healthy six-figure per year or more income. And so today's guest, again, is going to be me. So if you listened to our last episode, I talked about lead generation, how to create leads. I'm back today and I'm going to talk about lead nurturing. So if you haven't listened to the last episode, go listen to that one first, then come back, listen to this one, and stay right with me because I'm going to be back with me, the greatest guest that I've ever known. So stay with me. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. It's designerpetsweaters.com, hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All right, we're back, and as I mentioned before, I am the greatest guest that I've ever known. No, I'm really not. I've had some awesome guests on here, but I like to inflate my own ego when I'm the only guy on the show. I'm thrilled to be here today because I had a really great uh, reaction to our last podcast. I had a lot of folks write in and tell me that, uh, that they really enjoyed the last podcast on lead generation. Lead generation is the core of most business. Well, it's the core of all business, really, right? But it's one thing that that's overlooked. You know, so often folks just say, well, let me put out my website and put my phone number, my contact information. And so in that sense, they are doing lead generation, of course, but they're not approaching lead generation from a systematic, scientific way that says, okay, if I do this, then I do this. If I do this, then this will happen. If I do this, then that will happen. And measure those things and tweak along the way. But obviously, what comes up is when you're doing lead generation is what do we do once we have those leads? And this is, again, where a lot of people kind of fumble the ball. You know, they get the lead and they don't treat it properly. And so I was actually thinking in my last episode. So when I did my last episode, I wrote notes for some lead nurturing, but I ended up going long on that last episode. So I realized I needed an entire episode just for this, just for lead nurturing. So so like I say, when I'm talking about lead nurturing, what I'm talking about is we've created the lead, you know, so we've got somebody who has opted to give us a call, send us an email, fill out a form, opt in on our website, or whatever lead capture mechanism you have, which is probably one of those, send you a text. I mean, it could be a variety of things, right? But we've created this lead, and now we need to you know, create the act of getting that lead and walking them through a process where they ultimately end up in a sale. And again, there, there's going to be people that will like find you, and their need is so great. They need to 
dog trainer so bad. They need a pet sitter so bad. They need a dog walker so bad. They find the first one. Uh, this looks halfway decent. Let me call them. And so there's going to be that. You're going to pick up those clients from time to time, right? Sometimes they're good clients. Sometimes they're bad clients when they're like that. But you're going to pick up those clients from time to time. But it's really kind of rare, right? What's almost always going to happen is that a person is going to have to go through a process. Every person does. And think about you anytime you make like a bigger decision and even some smaller decisions. I mean, if you're at the grocery store or the gas station and you're like, do I want ho-hos or do I want twinkies? Like, I mean, every decision, there's a process that you go through. And when we're talking bigger decision, either bigger because we're talking bigger dollars, you know, maybe it's dog training that's a couple thousand or bigger because it's emotional. You know, it's like pet sitting. Oh, who, who can I trust to do this? Or dog walking, who can I trust? Or, or things like that. What's going to happen every time with decisions in our industry because of money and because of emotion is we are going to have people need to go through this process to break down barriers because I don't care how gung-ho somebody is, how, you know, Somebody recognizing I have to have dog boarding next week or I need dog training because my dog's in bad shape. I don't care how gung-ho they are because they've got this deadline or they've got this big problem. Every prospect, every dog owner is going to do their research with boundaries, with barriers already set up, you know, where they're already thinking, okay, this person needs to kind of convince me, you know, my money needs to go somewhere valuable. My time needs to go somewhere valuable. My dog has to go somewhere that I can trust, things like that. So everyone's coming in with these boundaries. And you can't simply be the guy that says, I have dog training, it's $1,000, pay me. You know, you have to break down those those boundaries in an ethical way. They have to come down in order for that person to be a client. And, and like I say, that's, that's not a bad thing, that's not a uh, manipulative thing, because think about any bigger decision you've made, whether it's, you know, buying a couple thousand dollar package at a gym for a personal trainer. You had barriers going into that. Or buying a car, you had barriers going into that or anything, you have mental, emotional, uh, logical barriers that need to be satisfied before they can come down. So if you're attempting to nurture your prospects by simply putting content out there, you know, meaning here's my stuff, come buy it, you know, and hoping people find it, consume it and arrive at the conclusion that you want. If you're hoping for that, it can happen. But when you do it that way, you have to put an enormous amount of content out there. And in fact, I call it the spray and pray method. The spray and pray method is where you say, let me throw a ton of stuff out there and hopefully it, it eventually hits the right person. And, and like I say, spray and pray works in the sense that you will get clients that way, but it's also the least efficient way. You know, it's the least efficient way to get prospects by just throwing out a ton of content, volumes and volumes of content, and hoping that your prospects are going to nurture themselves. People will nurture themselves, but they, you know, they have to do it with a lot of content. My opinion and my belief is that if you are strategic about client nurturing, if you're strategic about this process, you can spend way less of your time, be much more laser focused, put in less effort, but also be gaining better results. So that's what I found in my business. And that's what I'm going to share with you today is how you can nurture prospects in that way. Now, I'm going to cover several areas that I currently use or have used, you know, based on different campaigns or based on different things that I'm doing. I'm going to share a lot of what I use day in, day out to nurture clients. And, but I want to be upfront that this is in no way like an exhaustive list. It's not that, you know, hey, this is the only way to nurture a client. This is just my way. And my method falls basically into, I, I was kind of writing out my notes and I found four main categories. And again, I'm sure I actually probably do more than this, but um, and now that I'm thinking about it, I know I've done more than this, but my four main categories are email, phone, social media, and continued content. So let me jump into those and... Uh, yeah, I can tell you exactly how I run my business and how we do things. So 
When I'm talking about email, the first thing I am going to recommend to you is that you get yourself an autoresponder. And I talk about autoresponders at times on here, but what an autoresponder is, is it's a system where it's a software, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess it's a software. Typically, it's a monthly ongoing fee. There are some free ones. I'll talk about a few here in a second. But get an autoresponder. And what it does is it allows you to do a lot of things. But one thing, one basic thing that allows you to do is create code that says that you can put something on your website. And again, I talked about this last time in, in the last podcast on lead, lead generation. You can put code on your website that says, hey, opt in here and get our newsletter or opt in here and get pricing or opt in here and get whatever, blah, blah, blah. And when somebody enters their information, that information goes into the autoresponder and is stored there safely and securely. And it allows you to do various things. You can email them, you know, it's a series. And what a series is, is, you know, let's say somebody, you know, opts in to get your newsletter. Well, you can just have automated newsletters go out or what have you. Or you can send out what's called an email blast, you know, where um, every week, for example, I send out a newsletter. So to all 28,000 people that are currently on my list, every week, boom, here's a big newsletter. And so you can have these automated things, you can have blast things. But anyways, like I say, I always recommend getting an autoresponder because lead nurturing, a big part for me is automated. Because if you're going to grow a business and you're going to get more leads, there's pieces of that nurturing process that you know, that should be manual, but there's also pieces, big pieces that should be automated because otherwise you're spending all your time on your leads. And frankly, I don't want to do that. I'm not lazy. I work hard, but I want to work hard on things that pay me, you know, the, the biggest dividends. And so a few autoresponders, there's MailChimp. MailChimp is one that I put several clients on and it's free until you get to a certain amount of names. I do think the free version is limited. It doesn't give you everything, but, but anyways, if you are absolutely just like stressed about budget, I might do MailChimp. And then, you know, if you're not as stressed about budget, you could still do MailChimp and just start with one of their paid packages, which gives you more names and more options. AWeber is another one. A-W-E-B-E-R.com is another one. GetResponse is another one. And so those are a few of the more common ones that folks use. There's bigger auto, you know, um, autoresponders that are combined with CRMs. I use one called Entreport, O-N-T-R-A-P-O-R-T.com. Um, there's one called Infusionsoft. There's one called Active Campaign. And so anyways, Google autoresponder or look up the ones that I've mentioned there, but get an autoresponder because it allows you to do those two things I talked about. It allows you to set up automated sequences that do an enormous amount of nurturing on your behalf. And it also allows you to do broadcasts or newsletters that also allow you to do nurturing but, you know, like, for example, today, I nurtured 28,000 leads, you know, and I sent out an offer on things that we were doing. And it took me about an hour to write my newsletter. And, and that was about it. But what I like to do, because I've done a lot of email marketing over the years, and the way that I found it most effective for myself and for clients that I've taught this to is storytelling. So storytelling for me comes in two forms. Now, let me kind of back up a second and explain why storytelling is so powerful. Now, when you are when you're dealing with pets, when you're dealing with bigger dollars, when you're dealing with people's dogs, cats, whatever, when you're dealing with these things, you're dealing with a lot of emotion. And so people need to know that the person they're dealing with or the company they're dealing with and both essentially are people that they like, people that they know, people that they trust, people that they want to trust with their animals. And so you're not going to create that by just simply, you know, a website that's bare bones. You're going to create that by interacting with them. And so through my email list, I tell stories in two ways because stories do a way better job of getting people to know me. 
So, well, and again, let me back up again for a second. I used to do email marketing the way that I was taught. And the way that I was taught was, hey, send out helpful training tips. Hey, it's Christmas time. Send out an article on how to avoid your dog knocking over the Christmas tree. Hey, it's Halloween. Send out helpful tips for trick-or-treating with your dog. And to be honest, I did that for years because I was told to, and you're supposed to, and that's what the gurus did, right? And, you know, it provided some results, but it didn't provide very many because it didn't, like, give any piece of me. It didn't give any piece of my business. It was helpful information, but, I don't know, people get helpful information everywhere. You know, they don't need to open up their email to necessarily get that. But stories entertain. Stories tell who you are, and people want to know who you are, believe me. And if they don't, then the heck with them. They're not a good prospect anyways. Um, but people want to know who you are. They want to know who they're doing business with. They want to know who their dog is going to be spending time with. And so when I switched over to a storytelling format, it jumped, you know, it, it skyrocketed our sales. So I've been doing this, I'd say probably about a year and a half now with storytelling. And last year, I remember I said this on a podcast before, but I can't remember, but it meant hundreds of thousands of dollars. And this year, same thing, hundreds of thousands of dollars more in switching to this format of storytelling. So in any case, storytelling takes on two forms. Number one is storytelling as far as case studies go. So for example, if you come to my website and you're like, well, I have this dog, let me go to this part for um, adult dog programs. And so you go there and you read about everything that we do and I'm telling stories and I'm showing videos and this, this, and this, and they're like, okay, I think I might like this. Okay, we'll click here to get pricing. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, my dog's aggressive and okay, you know, um, and they enter their information. Well, now we've created the lead and immediately they start getting a story. And I tell this story. In this case, it's the story of this dog named Ronnie. And so the first email they get, I don't remember it exactly. I wrote this a little while ago, which again is one of the cool benefits of doing this. But they get this story that says, hey, Ronnie was this pit bull. He was super aggressive and he had these problems. Does your dog have a problem like this? Okay, well, cool. Over the next few days, I'm going to tell you the story of Ronnie and what we did. And so tomorrow they get another email. The next day they get another email. The next day, and I'm telling them this story. And so I will use email to tell stories about case studies because what a case study does is it brags about me without me bragging about me. If I just come out and say, hey, we're awesome and we're the best and we fix dog aggression and wow, we're great. Okay, <laughs> you know, nobody cares. But if we come out and say, hey, this dog's kind of like yours and his owner was kind of like you and here's the process that we did and I tell him that story and then there's links to different videos, you know, that says, hey, go actually check out this video. And so I'm nurturing this client. And again, I'm doing nothing. You know, this is something I wrote. I think I wrote this like a year ago, but I'm doing nothing. You know, they're just going through this process independent of me. Now, is everyone opening the email? No, not everyone opens the email. Of course they don't. You know, um, on stuff like this, we might get 50 to 60% uh, open rates, which is actually huge. And that goes down the longer they are on the list, to be honest. But um but anyways, what happens is they are being nurtured without me doing a darn thing. And they are learning about our methods without me coming out and saying, here's an article about our methods. And they're learning about the results that we get without me coming out and saying, here's the results. I'm simply telling a story. Stories allow us to put ourselves into them and they allow us to relate to them. And so it's huge. And so that's the first part of me telling stories through email. I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to tell you the second format that I use for telling stories in email. Stay right with me. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. The young lady from the rescue delivered happy, and I panicked. He was missing hair, stinky, scabby, and I thought, what did I get us into? 
The cause of his issue was poor nutrition. It was neglect. The other owners didn't care enough about him to give him the nutrition he needed. But I have a vet that I trust, and she recommended Dinovite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I ordered the first 90-day supply, and within a couple weeks, his skin started clearing up. He didn't smell. He had more energy. He just had a glow and a bounce about him. We've been using Dinovite for the last year, and happy the rescue dog is happy the healthy dog. (laughs) I tell all my friends who have rescues to give their dog the chance at a new start with Dinovite. It's going to pay off for you and your dog for years to come. 859 428 1000. 859 428 Are you having trouble getting the word out about your new pet product or invention? Let Whitegate PR open the gate to your marketing and public relations efforts. We've been specializing in public relations in the pet industry for over a decade. From press releases to media relations and publicity to pet trade shows and launch events to social media, the pet-friendly team at Whitegate PR has you covered. If you listen to the wise words of Bill Gates, he says, if I had $1 left, I'd spend it on PR. Learn more at whitegatepr.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, I'm back. And I'm talking about lead nurturing. It's not enough to get the lead. We've got to nurture that lead and help that lead feel comfortable with us and like us and trust us and want to buy from us and all these good things. And so... The thing that is huge for me is email marketing. And I know people today are like, email marketing is dead. Guess what? Email marketing still accounts for more sales than all of social media marketing combined. And so when you consider all the money that goes into Facebook marketing, all the money that goes into Pinterest marketing, all the money goes into Twitter marketing, email marketing still outpulls all of those combined and probably will continue to do so for a long time. Email still works and it works way better for me telling stories. And so, in fact, I remember it was a couple years ago, I was talking about email marketing on a Facebook group with other dog trainers. And I said, shoot, you know, I had this person buy today. And, uh, you know, I looked at their contact in my system, and they've received 50 something emails from me. And someone was like, if I receive 50 something emails from you, I would hate you and never want to, you know, and I was like, well, good thing you're not on my list then, because most of the people that buy from me have had at least 10 emails. And many of the people that have bought for me have had dozens, and some of them have had, have had more than 100 emails. And so there's some people that have bought for me that entered my list two years ago and have received over 100 emails and finally decided to do, you know, decided to take the leap and spend the couple thousand dollars with us. So that doesn't happen without lead nurturing. And in my case, it it's just a regular newsletter that I'm putting out anyways. And so, but it's just capturing, you know, people's attention and, and bringing them into, you know, bringing them back into our business and keeping us top of mind with them. So email marketing is absolutely huge. Don't overlook it. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. Don't think it doesn't work in 2016. Don't think it doesn't work in 2017. So I was mentioning that I tell stories two different ways. One is the story of this dog. You know, here's what happened with this dog. Now you could do the same thing, the story of this owner, the story of this situation, the story of this, essentially just talking about how you solve a problem, you know, taking something very common that you see and telling the story of how you solve that problem. And that's one way that I do storytelling and email, which is huge. The other way is simply telling stories. 
And so every week, and if folks that are on my email list, if you're not on my email list, go get on my email list so that one day I can hopefully sell you something too. Ha ha, just joking, but not really. Uh, but anyways, go head over to tiethedogguy.com and on the bottom, there's a newsletter. I mean, there's a bunch of ways people get on my list, but you can get on my newsletter list that way. But every week I send out a newsletter to my 28,000 people and I tell a story. So today, for example, I'm recording this on a Tuesday. I send it out every Tuesday. And, and today I sent out this story about me being in Little League Baseball and I hit a home run. It was a back-to-back home run. I hit one after the other guy and I ran around the bases and I got so distracted from all of my teammates cheering for me that I didn't touch home plate. I was only eight years old. Give me a break. Um, and the embarrassment that I felt when the coach had to like drag me back onto the diamond and make me touch home plate. So that was the story I told. And then I related it to a dog training principle. Sometimes I'm going to tell a story about what happened when I went to the beach or what happened when I was, you know, doing this or that. And so I tell stories about my life and a few things happen. People are entertained. I get people all the time, all the time that email me and say, I know these are promotional emails, but I open them every week. These are funny. I enjoy them so that people are entertained. And, and frankly, a lot of people buy from me because they're more entertained by me than they are by the next dog trainer. Now, I happen to believe that we're better than the next dog trainer, but they're just buying because they're more entertained. And that happens all the time. And so being able to nurture people with entertainment is huge and should not be overlooked, that you should be entertaining people. You don't have to have like a, a goofy, fun personality or a big sense of humor, but you can entertain people. You just have to figure out your way. My way, I use humor and I'm goofy and self-deprecating and stuff like that. And that works. My way might not work for you. You need to find your own way to be entertaining. But like I say, people are entertained but they're also informed, but they're also kept top of mind. Our business is one that, like I say, sometimes people, they call and they got to buy right now because they've got a big problem. But oftentimes people, even with big problems, will take forever to decide because they've got so much going on in their life. Their whole life isn't their dog. They've got a job and they've got kids and they've got activities and they know they need to get the dog trained just like they know they got to clean out the gutters, which will probably take them four months to do the gutters. You know, they know they've got stuff to do it's just a matter of how they prioritize it. And so my way of lead nurturing is they've got an automated sequence. So for that first month when they become a lead, I send them all these emails that tell them different stories and, and, and share with them various things. And then they're on my email list. And so they get emailed about this funny story and I stay top of mind. The phrase that I like to use is Toma, top of mind awareness, Toma. You want to maintain Toma because if you maintain top of mind awareness, whether it's two weeks later, or two years later, if you're the guy that's been in front of them the whole time, and it didn't really take you anything other than sending out an email here and there, you're going to get that business. I mean, your chances of getting that business are way higher. And again, this is a way to, to, to nurture those leads is through email. So I've taken the lion's share of the time talking about email, and there's a reason for that, because email is so powerful. Almost no dog trainers use it. Like if you look at a hundred dog training websites from just dog trainers, you're going to find maybe one that's using email marketing, if that, and it was maybe mine. <laughs> if you take another hundred, you'll probably find none. Same thing for dog walkers, pet sitters, groomers, veterinarians. No, nope, some veterinarians are getting better at this actually. I'm on a couple veterinarians list now that I think about it and I do get emails from veterinarians, but very few people in our industry are doing this. It's cheap to do. It's easy to do, especially like a lot of the, the series, you can set them up. And like I say, I set up those emails a year, a year and a half ago. I mean, I've set up a bunch over the years. I think my new one's been about a year that I've been running a new one. I set it up a year ago and it has sold hundreds of thousands of dollars, fairly hands-off on my part. You know, um, I mean, that's been a, a big component. So 
Email marketing is huge. Do it. Stop saying no. Just do it. All right. So next thing I want to talk about is phone. And so I'm going from automated to manual here. So I like to do as much automated stuff as I can. But the reality is to nurture a lead, there has to be like a piece of you. Now, not everyone uses the phone. So I'm not saying you have to. We do. Other folks will do more of this through video. I know other folks do more through social media, stuff like that. But we do use the phone, even though it can be time consuming. But we do sell mostly over the phone. And we're kind of unique like that, you know, in that a lot of dog training companies will do a lot of consults. We do very few consults. Most everything we do is sold through email, video, and phone. People get to know us through email, through video, and stuff like that. And then ideally, we close the sale on the phone. And so what I recommend is scripting. Now, I'm talking to you who has, it's just you in the business and you're just starting. And I'm talking to you who has five employees and you who has 20 employees. Scripting on the phone is very important. Now, a lot of people look at scripting. They say, nope, don't want to do that. I hate the idea of scripting. I want to be free flowing. I want to change what I say for every person and make everything customized and make every person feel you know, important. Do that, but script it. If you look at, you know, if you were to record 50 of your phone calls, you would find easily that 80 to 90% of the elements are the same in every call. Now, they might be in different orders. It's different names, different dogs, different this. But the elements are going to be 80 to 90% the same in every phone call. I can almost guarantee you that because that's just how, that's how things work. And so my recommendation is to start, you don't have to record your call, but maybe take notes or maybe go back and, and look at your calls and start scripting it. Now, scripting doesn't have to be, all right, we do A, then we do B, then we do C. But elements need to be scripted. So if someone says, hey, I'm dealing with this dog aggression, all right, how do we talk about dog aggression? Or if somebody says, hey, I'm dealing with this problem, or, or, or what do you do about this, or how much do you charge for that, or, or whatever, that you've got scripting so that your mind is ready, even if you never intend on hiring anyone. Now, if you do intend on hiring anyone, this is all the more important because you want to get to a point. And I have a book of scripts, and I have a, a Google Doc full of scripts that we use. But even if you never intend to do that, you still want to use scripts because it allows you to give a consistent experience across the board to, to people. Now, for a lot of folks, it helps to write it down. A lot of scripts I have that I haven't written down um, because I just say them over and over and over. But be aware of what your scripting is. Use it. Write it down if you can. Teach it to people that work for you. Practice it so that, you know, when you're a dog trainer or a pet sitter or dog walker, you practice your craft. Practice your scripts too. You know, practice how you say things because you'll find that you get one reaction if you say it this way and you get another reaction if you say it that way. We'll take note of that and start changing how you say things. There's also added benefits in scripting. Um, I'll give you something that's kind of cool. That's how I've written my last couple books. So when I write a book, basically all I do is say, okay, my last book that I wrote was called Transform Your Dog in 60 Days. And essentially what it is is I broke down, okay, in our 60-day program, when I meet with people on week one, what do I tell them? And I just typed it out. Week two, what do I tell them? I typed it out. And these are things that I'm saying over and over and over to my clients. And so it was so easy to simply type it out and boom, I got a book. And so little pro tip there, you can get a book that way. All right. Next thing I want to talk about is social media. Now, one thing that's cool here that I've done that's actually helped quite a bit, and I'm not currently doing with any of my campaigns, but I've got a campaign coming up where I will be. But you can take your list of prospects, you can take their emails, you can upload it to Facebook. And you can follow them on Facebook. I know that sounds creepy. A lot of people do think it's creepy. But what you do is you take, you know, you got 100 prospects, 100 people have reached out to you who aren't clients, for example. You put those email addresses in a CSV file. You upload it to Facebook. And then you say, hey, I'm going to target those people. And so you can make like very real messages like, 
Hey, we spoke the other day about your dog. We'd still love to get you in for an evaluation. Click this link to sign up for an evaluation. That is so much more powerful than just finding like, now again, some people are gonna find it a little bit creepy, but who cares? You know, this is the age we live in. You're gonna be followed around. Some people might find it creepy, but the reality is getting kind of personal with the lead nurturing on social media is huge. And there's reams of data on this. I'm not going to go into it because you can find articles that show what retargeting does and you know what these custom lists do and things like that. But you put that list up there and you start targeting those folks. They already know who you are. They're already somewhat interested. Maybe they just don't have time. But if you get in front of them a few more times, number one, it's usually, you know, you're usually going to get cheaper clicks on Facebook doing it that way. But if you get in front of them a few more times that way, you're going to find that your conversion rates will go up, that people, you know, being in front of them a bunch is going to, you know, keep you Toma, top of mind awareness. And so, so yeah, you can use social media in that way. There's services out there where you can, because Facebook's not the only one that does that. You can, um, like there's a company called AdRoll, where you can put a pixel on your website and then people hit your website and then, you know, AdRoll is going to place ads on Pinterest and Facebook and Google ads and all sort Twitter ads. AdRoll is going to take care of putting ads all over the internet, wherever they go. And so like in theory, they could be over on msn.com and see your ad. And then they could hop over to their petco.com and see your, well, I don't know if Petco runs ads, but anyways, any website that's running ads and then they hop over to Facebook and your ad can be there too. And so, like I say, keeping top of mind awareness can be huge. All right. And then the last thing I wanted to mention was continued content. Now, I know I said earlier that, you know, when you do this right, you don't have to like constantly be pushing out new content, new content, and you don't. So like I say, I call it curated content. Actually, I don't think I invented that. I think other people mentioned that. I don't want to sound like I invented that, but curated content is saying, all right, here's some of my best pieces. How can I use these? And so what I like to have is curated content and then regular content. So curated content, those go into my emails. You know, when people are getting these emails about the case studies, hey, go check out this email and here's our, here's the full case study with Ronnie or, you know, things like that. I'm curating this content. So I create it once and I use it different ways. So that same one might go for on a lead generation page that says, hey, you want to see how we did this with Ronnie the Pitbull? Enter your information here and then you can see the entire case study. And so I'll take one piece of content and I use it a variety of different ways to get the lead and to also nurture the lead. But then, like I say, I do like to kind of create little pieces of content. I've started a new thing where I'm doing like daily, daily vlogs slash podcast and my traffic is already going up quite a bit. But anyways, you don't have to always be creating these big content pieces. You can have your stable of curated content pieces. And then from there, just kind of put up cool stuff here or there. And you don't have to break your back to do it if you're being smart and strategic about the content that you do. And it allows you to, through automated means and through manual means, it allows you to nurture these clients. Like I say, it's important to nurture your your contacts. It's important to nurture your prospects. One way or the other, they're going to be nurtured in order for them to buy. Now, if you're not actively doing it, it leaves it up to them. And people will, you know, they will. They're going to keep going back to somebody's website or they're going to keep trying to find more videos or something. So gung-ho people will, but other people are going to need more help. And so if you have systems that are automated slash manual, but that are systems, it's going to allow you to um, nurture that lead so much better, increase your conversion rates, and essentially make more money out of the same effort it took to, you know, so if you're doing, so if right now, if 10 leads come in and you sell three, well, if you do better lead nurturing and you sell four or five, 
it took the same amount of effort to get those 10 leads, but now you sold, you know, extra 20% of them or, or, or whatever, you know, depending on what we're talking about there. So, so anyways, bear that in mind, consider what I've talked about, email, phone, social media, continued content. And, uh, if you copy what I'm doing, you know, I definitely know it works and I definitely know it can work for you too. So thanks for listening today. I recommend that you check out all of our other episodes on PetLifeRadio.com, Six Figure Dog Business. And while you're there, go to the other shows here. There's a ton of really cool radio shows here on PetLifeRadio.com. And then, of course, make sure to hit my site, TieTheDogGuy.com, for more information on what I do and how I can help you and your business. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.